Hello, you're listening to the Solid Word Bible Church podcast. Whether you're at work, driving in your car, or getting your workout on, we hope and pray that what you hear today will fill your spirit. Come, join us as we walk through God's Word together. I want to say a prayer. If you wouldn't mind, please stand on your feet and join with me. I'm going to invite the praise team to make their way up as well. And even as I'm praying, I would ask you to be asking God to move out of the way, whatever may be hindering your praise this morning. I know you're looking and you're thinking, what what kind of praise can we have? We ain't got ne'er an instrument over there. But I'm looking at all sorts of instruments. I'm looking at all sorts of vessels of honor and praise and worship that if we would lift our voices, we would put to shame any device. Bow with me this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we come acknowledging and recognizing that you are worth it. Whether we acknowledge it, whether our lives reflect it, whether we're consistent with it, you are worthy of the praise. God, you are so worthy of praise that you said that if we didn't give it, the rocks would cry out, that all of creation would join in praising and worshiping the creator. Now, if some rocks got sense enough to praise you, then how about everything that has breath beating them to the punch and praising you this morning? God, I pray that you would inhabit our praise that you would be in this place with us this morning. God, I know it doesn't look like we want it to look like. It doesn't feel like we want it to feel like. Get over it. It is what it is. But we're here. You're God. And it's time to praise you. So it's in that spirit that all of us here in person, everybody at home watching, we ask you, God, that we may worship you in spirit and in truth this morning. Be with this praise team. Be with the congregation. Be with those at home. Be with every congregation that is gathered in your name this morning to offer up praise and worship. And all those who agree, not those who think it's the right thing to say, all those who agree, not those who think it's tradition and just, oh, I'm in church and this is what I should be doing, but all those who agree in the name of Jesus Christ. Say amen, amen, and amen. Good morning, everyone. I'm glad to be here because the Lord is excellent. So we're going to tell him just how excellent he is. Everything that hath breath shall for joy. Everything that hath breath shall for joy. Everything that is beautiful belongs to you. And all the earth it is the Lord's. Everything is yours. Everything is yours. You are excellent. All the earth it is the Lord's. Everything is yours. Everything is yours. You are excellent. How excellent is your name? How excellent is your name? How excellent is your name? In all of the earth. 
your name. How excellent is your name. How excellent is your name. In all of the earth say. Oh, 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 oh. of the earth now rejoice all the nations of the earth now rejoice all the people of god sing his praise all the people of god sing his praise everything that has fresh shout for joy everything that has fresh shout for joy everything that is beautiful belongs to you and oh the earth it is the lord's everything is yours everything is yours you are excellent oh the earth it is the Lord's, everything is yours, everything is yours, you are excellent, how excellent is your name, how excellent is your name, how excellent is your name, in all of the earth say, how excellent is your name, how excellent is your name, how excellent is your name, in all of the earth say, how excellent is your name? How excellent is your name? How excellent is your name? In all of the earth, say, How excellent is your name? How excellent is your name? How excellent is your name? In all of the earth, say, In all of the earth, say, Do you all praise the Lord this morning? Are you grateful? For his grace and mercy in your life, his provision, his protection, his way to make you strong, his way to make you calm and have peace in your life. Are you grateful this morning? All the earth is yours, everything is yours. You have created all things and made it good. All the earth is yours, everything is yours. You have created all things and made it good. All the earth is yours, everything is yours. All the earth is yours, everything is yours. All the earth is yours, everything is yours. You have created all things and made it good. All the earth is yours, everything is yours. All the earth is yours, everything is yours. All the earth is yours, everything is yours. You have created all things and made it good. Oh, the earth it is the Lord's, everything is yours, everything is yours. You are excellent, oh, the earth it is the Lord's, everything is yours, everything is yours, you are excellent. Do you realize that everything belongs to the Lord? You and I belong to the Lord. We are his children. We are his creation. We are here to give him praise, honor, and glory. Are you ready? You are excellent. How excellent is your name? How excellent is your name? How excellent is your name? In all of the earth say, how excellent is your name? How excellent is your name? How excellent is 
also worship. So I ask as we settle down after that excitement that we had earlier, I ask that you close your eyes. Just take a moment to think about what the Lord has done in your life, who he is, how his word resonates on your heart and on your mind, because he is worthy. We worship you, Lord, this morning.
Bless your name, Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you. Praise team. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We got our very own solid word, staple singer sisters. I don't know about y'all. I'd, I'd put that on the tape and sell it out the back of a trunk. <laughs> That's the way we used to back. No, but the kids don't know about that nowadays. Everything is digital. And when people be selling stuff out the back of their trunk. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Look, uh, just even more. <laughs> good morning, good morning, good morning to uh, Solid Word friends and family, those who are worshiping with us in person, those who are worshiping with us at home. I do want to extend uh, just a very formal uh, welcome to all of those uh, who are gathered, uh, like I said, whether here or watching at home, and, uh, and welcome you to the services this morning. I, am, I don't have any announcements necessarily to give. I would uh, advise you to just uh, 
check out the uh, email bulletin that's being sent to you. Go to the church's website as well. There's some information there, but specifically in the email uh, bulletin distribution list that's coming to you, it will list out all of the upcoming events and the important things that uh, that you need to mark on your calendar, uh, things that are happening. And even as we are walking through kind of this one foot in pandemic, one foot out of pandemic and trying to get some things back going and in place, you can find information about that as well. One thing to uh, just be uh, reminded of is that on this past Thursday and now going forward on all Thursdays, uh, Bible study is back up and going and it's in person and in Zoom. So uh, if you're still not comfortable with with attending in person, that is fine. Uh, You can uh, uh, sign into the Zoom and uh, watch from that perspective. If you're looking forward to being able to come back and actually sit in the place. Pastor has got accommodations for that as well. And so um, Bible study is back up and going on Thursdays here at the church and or in Zoom. Amen? Amen. Uh, A couple other things uh, that I do just want to mention, uh, and this is just uh, another to put a, a, a note on something, uh, the men's Bible study is uh, about to kick back up, right? Uh, you know, Brother Fernando uh, Patterson and also Brother Maurice Taylor are leading that effort. Uh, that information is also in the bulletin, but just want to, brothers to be getting their minds around that. The information regarding the book that is going to be used in this series is in there. It's another one by Tony Evans and his Kingdom Men series uh, a line of books, some excellent, excellent teaching. But even beyond that, the opportunity to come together just with some other men who are trying to live according to the word of God is invaluable, brothers. And so we want to get that out so that you can be mentally making preparations for that, on your calendar making preparations for that. Don't worry if you can't come to every single one. Um, Be involved with as much as you can be and just enjoy the fellowship and the iron that sharpens iron. Uh, Now, uh, just uh, on behalf of... um, Pastor Costin and his entire Solid Word family, I want to acknowledge, do we have any visitors worshiping with us this morning? If you would, just raise your hand. We're not going to ask you to say anything, but do just want to acknowledge you. I see you, brother. Amen. Amen. Praise God. <clears throat> Praise God. Praise God. I see Amen. I see you guys back there as well. All right. That is exciting. Look, uh, on behalf of everybody here connected with Solidwood Bible Church family and those visitors who may be worshiping at home who just happen to uh, tune in online. We want to extend a heartfelt welcome uh, and a thanks to God. We are so glad that you are worshiping with us uh, this morning. We know that there are a lot of churches, a lot of options uh, available uh, for where you want to get your worship on and and how you want to get it in every morning. And so we are grateful to God that he placed it upon your heart to be here with us this morning. Uh, And we believe, definitely, definitely believe, not only is there something God wants you to get out of this service, but there's also something he wants you to put into the service, right? Today was ordained for worship to include you here at this place. I know that boggles our mind. We don't think God, you know, God doesn't care about this little stuff. He cares. He cares. And if we would avail ourselves, if we would open ourselves to the fact that we serve a God who cares about the little things, we would see him in all things. So now, as people are coming in, as we have settling into our seats. Let's take just a few minutes to just greet each other in the name of Jesus Christ. As Pastor said last Sunday, do whatever you're comfortable with. If you're comfortable with a hug, then embrace. If you're comfortable with a fist bump, then fist bump. If you're comfortable just with the black man, what's up? Then just black man, what's up from a distance? But let us not allow 
what's happening to keep us from fellowshipping in a way that shows that we are united in the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. Good morning, good morning. I want to go back and see that little clip. We said, all are welcome. I saw the faces up there. I was like, I can't hear them voices. We're going to have to hear that one again at some point. Oh, it says, all are welcome. Good morning, Solid Word. It's good to be here this morning. And, and, and hey, I'm with, um, I'm with Elder Charles Wright. I will package that and sell that out the trunk side of the car on the corner. Y'all go ahead and lead us this morning. I praise God for that. How many of you are glad to be here this morning in person? I'm glad that you are here as well. It's not throwing anything on those that are with us remotely. How many of y'all are glad to be remote? That's right. We can't hear their response, but that's okay. I'm glad y'all are here. That's okay. I'm glad that y'all are there as well. Um, I continue to praise God that we have the opportunity to gather and that we have the opportunity to worship corporately. Not only that, you have the opportunity to take some time out and spend in worship. We take time for everything. I was really grateful for Elder Wright's um, um, illustration this morning when he talked about those that were lined up. I got one that boggles my mind, too, is not just line up for a race. Some of y'all are lined up for two hours outside the Cheesecake Factory to get in to eat. I, 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 you, know, I, you know, I'm like, two hours, like, are they giving it away? <laughs> is it going to last me the next three, four days? See, the issue, I love what we value, we make time for. Period. What we value we make time. For. When a person tells me, Pastor, I don't have time to come to church, I was like, that's because you don't value it enough. 
And that can go with anything. We have to continue to learn how to create space for rest and worship. Some of us have run ourselves down so much because we don't value rest until that doctor gives you a diagnosis and all of a sudden you value rest. See, for you and I, this space for corporate worship, someone will say, I don't have to be in church to be a Christian. I said, but you know what? But that you will be in church when you value worshiping Christ with others. You will be. Why? Because that's what God wants to do. So I'm glad that you've made space and you've made time for corporate worship. There is a place, and, and, and I hope there is, you know, throughout your week for private worship. Hopefully you're doing this with you and the Lord. That this is not the only time that the Lord recognizes you before him. I have um, family, and some of y'all may have this as well. Uh, I have family, and when we would come down from New York to North Carolina to see my grandparents, some of our cousins would, that lived in North Carolina would come by too. And I remember one time that the New York contingency was down in North Carolina, and we were at my grandmother's house and sitting around the table eating, and one of my cousins who lives down there was sitting at the table. And my grandfather looks over at him and says, Boy, you live here, and I haven't seen you in a long time. <laughs> he only came around when we came around. And it was just funny that, that, that family didn't see him until it was a greater reason for him to come together, make time for personal worship and corporate worship. Make time. Don't let this be the only time that God, oh, coming together. Okay. I haven't heard from you all week. Let just this be another time that you're before the Lord. That's my public service announcement for church this morning. We're going to have a time of prayer, but first just understand, I was going to start today, but I'm not <clears throat> um, with, I know we have quite a few that are away for this, the last official weekend of summer. I don't like saying that. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to, but this Labor Day weekend. Um, and I was going to start it this week, but I'm going to start it next week. We are going to embark into another series, and our series will be in the book of Colossians. And as we journey through that, the title of the series will just be Supreme. And the subtitle will be, because we know the book of Colossians is about the supremacy of Christ in all things. What we're going to ask the question or the statement and ask the question throughout this series, you know, you know, what would your life look like if Christ was supreme in it? And so the whole thought will be the supremacy of Christ. We're just going to say supreme. We're going to start that next week. If you want to read through the book, go ahead. It's great to read ahead in this case because it helps you get a greater understanding. Read through the book. It'll be actually really good. And, and, but today, uh, this past Thursday, we started back with study, and we are going through a topical study on trusting God, especially, um, especially when adversity hits. Trusting God, especially when adversity hits. And we started um, with some questions that we started to answer, and I just really felt for this Sunday, 
I'm going to go back to that, but, but, but really dig into one of the main questions we ask and that you ask yourself as we look at some other scriptures that we didn't deal with on Thursday night. And I'm asking this question, which is our title today. Can you trust God? Can you trust him? Now, everyone sitting in here would probably say, well, of course you can. Sure. Yeah. And as I ask the question in study, you can ask that question in two different ways, depending on where the emphasis is. You can say, can you trust God? And so the issue is of trust in God. But you could ask that question, which is how we're going to look at it this morning. Can you trust God? And really, the question is, will you? See, we all will answer that question, yes, because that's the right thing to say. Yeah, you can trust God. Have you? What does it look like? Are you living a life where someone would look from the outside in says, that's what trusting God looks like? So the question is, can you trust God? Can you make the choice? Can you be disciplined? Can you be willing to trust God, especially when adversity hits? We're going to have a time of prayer first. Um, I also know <clears throat> two of our own, this is their last Sunday, am I correct, ladies, that they will be embarking on a year-long, um, thank you, gap year. I, the word wasn't coming to my mind, a one-year gap um, a, a one-year gap year program, and it is going to be taking them through Europe, if I'm correct. And so they leave uh, this coming week, and so I wanted to pray for them, so I had them to come, and I'm going to have them come up. I know, as shocked as ever, that's okay. I told you that I was going to have us pray for you. Remember that? So Amari and Ashanti are going to be leaving, and, and, and for them, come on, Mom, you can come too. Come on. That's right. So that they know we've got their back, but we having their back isn't as grand as we know. Come on over. Don't be afraid. We know that the Lord has got them. And that they've got family and they've got friends and they've got people supporting them. And that we're going to be hearing from them through mom, I know. And that and that God is going to do what he wants to do in and through them as they travel. We, of course, will be praying for safety. We're going to be praying for that other S sense, um, that as they're there, that they make wise and good decisions. <laughs> Mom wants to say that, but that's okay. I'm going to say it. They can get mad at me. It's okay. Um, but also that they would enjoy that time and that they would learn a lot that will help them as they journey in life. So we're going to pray for them, guys. Can I ask us to stand? And then we also want just going to pray for us in general um, as we get into the word. Father, thank you so much, Lord, for your love for us, for your care, Lord, for how you have done so many things to get us to the point where we are today. Father, I thank you especially for Amari and Ashanti, Lord, and how you have allowed them and with their mom, Jackie, to become such a wonderful part of our fellowship, that we are endeared to them. 
Thank you, Lord, for the growth. Thank you. I remember when they went on the missions trip to Haiti, Father, and the impact that they've had. Thank you, Lord, for what you've taught them about you and about themselves. And, Father, as they embarked upon this gap year, I pray, Lord, for your hand, that you would reveal yourself to them more and more. Father, that as they learn about other cultures, as they learn about a variety of things, Lord, that they would learn about you and about themselves. I pray for your strong hand to be evident in and over their lives. I pray for safety, that you would keep them in the group that they're with. And Lord, that you would watch over them in this environment, in this global pandemic. I pray that you would keep them, oh Lord, in your hand. But then I also pray for sense, Father, that they would make wise decisions, Father, and that in wisdom, your wisdom, oh Lord, they would walk daily. I pray, God, that they would enjoy themselves, soak it all in, and grow as a result. And I pray, God, that indeed that you would help them to be able to share that knowledge and live a life, oh God, out of it that both honors you and the experience that they've had. I pray for mom, Lord, for her, for her sense of peace and calm. Father, that you would continually settle her heart. I pray that her girls, oh Lord, would communicate with her well and often. Father, and I pray that indeed that you would let this, Lord, grow their relationship with each other tremendously. And so, Father, we thank you for what you have done and are doing in this. We pray for all of us, O oh God, that we would continue to see you more clearly. Father, to step and lean in towards you, God, more intently. Father, as we hear the word, I pray that we would trust you biblically. And Lord, that we would allow you to work in our lives in the way that honors you. I pray for those, God, that entered this morning with heavy hearts. May you lift them. Lord, may you strengthen them. May they look to you, O oh God, and find relief and refuge. Father, I pray for those that came rejoicing. <clears throat> may they share that rejoicing with others. May others benefit from this high time in their life. And Father, I pray that they would be prepared for whatever is coming their way. And Lord, I pray for us and thus who may be coming out of a hard time. Father, that they would look with that we would look back and learn those lessons and to be able to share them with others in the family. May we, may we be a light to this world as Christ is reflected in us. If there are any here that don't know you, Father, may the word of God prick their hearts. May they turn and may they trust you because you are worthy of their trust. Father, we surrender it all to you and thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you, ladies. As we look at the scripture for today, and although I am going to be in Jeremiah, I'm actually, um, I'm going to go ahead and get the team back there even ready. I'm going to spend some time with, in, in, um, context through verse five, I mean, verses five through um, five through eight. And um, the key verse being verse seven, so just to let them know that in Jeremiah, but I'm also going to be referencing 
um, at least two other scriptures this morning as we look at this question. Now, these are not the only scriptures. This is not exclusive um, scriptures in trusting God. You can pull up quite a few places, but these were the ones that stood out to me as we get into the text and we ask and answer that question. Issue is, can we trust God? Jeremiah in the prophet who was sent to call back to God and to pronounce and proclaim judgment on the people of God for walking away from him. In his time with them and in chapter 17, talking about the sin of Judah, he really comes and, and, and takes their attention toward what tends to lead us in sin and towards sin in our lives. And it is this issue of trusting or not trusting God. I ask that question, can you trust God? And almost all of you will say yes. But there are areas in your life right now that you know that that answer is no. That you have, not with your voice, not with your mouth, but with your actions have said, no, I can't, or not so much, no, I can't. It's no, I won't. You know, most times when we say can't, we really don't mean cannot. We mean will not. When you say to somebody, I can't do that. No, what you actually mean is I won't do that. And so when we look at this issue of can I trust God, and I say I cannot, what I'm really saying is I will not, because it is a choice. Because I'll have to ask, if you can answer the question, can I trust God, with a resounding quick yes, that means that you believe that he is trustworthy, that he is someone that you should trust in. He's given you every bit of reason to trust him. But then when it gets into the particular areas of your life in daily living, you end up answering, well, I don't know, or I don't want to. Because if you can say yes, you know that you can trust him. I can tell you, there are times that I know that I could have trusted God and I didn't. Well, why? Did I not think he was trustworthy? No, that wasn't the issue. The issue was more, did I want to trust him in what he was calling me to trust him on? So let's get into that word trust. And that word trust, when we think about it, we use and we throw that word around a lot, but really means to lean on, depend on, rest in. We can give examples to that all the time. You trusted this building when you walked through the door that all of the struts, I mean, that, that all the beams and everything else would hold tight. You didn't think about the building structure. You didn't think about whether the ceiling would collapse. And some of y'all are going, why you got to talk about that now that we're sitting in this building? It's, it, it look, all things being good, it's not. When you came in and sat down on that chair, you weren't worried that it was going to give way to your weight, that you were trusting, relying, leaning on the fact that it was going to hold you up. 
And we exhibit trust throughout our day in a number of things. Sometimes those things betray our trust. But we exhibit trust in a number of things and ways. But when we think we have reason not to, so you walked in this building and you saw a huge crack running across the top from from bottom to top, and it was big enough, you would start having some questions. All my engineer types in here would be like, um, mm, uh, should we be coming in? If the chair you went to sat on, one leg was out this way and the other one was out this way, and, and you would look at that chair and be like, I think I'll choose another. See, the issue, when we, when we see something that we think says, I can't trust you, then we stop or we doubt it. So I have to ask the question, what is it that you're seeing about God? What is it that you see or you think you see that is giving you pause to say, God, hold on a second. I'm not sure I can trust you. So let's look at Jeremiah 17. 7, it says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. I like the play on words. I want you to hear that. Let's read it again. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. Why did he repeat himself? Well, he really didn't. But let's get the greater context. I'm going to back up and start at verse 5. If you guys would go ahead and actually put that up there, too. In your Bibles, verse 5, <clears throat> Jeremiah starts to talk, and he says, Thus says the Lord, and he's proclaiming to them what the Lord is telling Jeremiah to tell them. He doesn't start off with the good. He starts off with the consequences, the bad consequences. He said, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness in an uninhabited salt land. Then he says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when he comes. For it leaves, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. You're looking at two different kinds of lives, and Jeremiah is pointing out this picture to the nation of Israel because they were being judged for being that first set of people. What does it look like when you trust God? Well, I want to first say, what does it look like when you don't? Let's reverse that, when you don't. God told Jeremiah to tell the people, cursed, under a curse, under judgment, when you don't. And see, here's the deal. It may not initially show. It may not immediately show that you are living under consequences or a curse when you are choosing not to trust. See, because 
what's assumed here is this is a choice. Cursed is the man who trusts, and that is who puts their trust. And I love this. He says, ultimate trust. It doesn't mean that you don't have any confidence in another human. That's not what it's saying ever. When he talks here, he talks in, in, in terms of ultimate. Who do you ultimately and primarily trust in? See, you should have some trust that someone that promised something said they're going to do it or that people who are responsible for things would. You should trust the fact that the people that clean this place are going to have it such that when you come in, it's not nasty, that you're sitting down to a sprayed down, cleaned and wiped facility. You should have that level of trust. Now, we can betray it, betray it enough, and you're not coming back. See, but. You should have some level of trust. But if that, if that level of trust is what directs how you live your life, see, that's why I'm not coming back to church. Those people don't know how to keep that church clean. And look, look, God, that's why I don't even want to talk to you because those people don't keep that church clean. All them people in churches are hypocrites. That's why I'm not coming back to talk to you. What? What you've gone from is situation to ultimate. You've done taking a frustration in daily life and you've made it. God, that's why I'm not. That's why I'm not with you. Well, ultimately, who are you trusting in? See, that's why I don't trust and you fill in the blank. And we take that and put it on God. And so not that you shouldn't have confidence that another human is going to do what they say they're going to do or that you depend on it. It's saying, ultimately, where does your dependency lie? We see this with work every day. I do depend on if you come to work at a place and you're doing your job, you should expect a salary, paycheck, compensation, something that has been promised. Let them do that enough, and I'm out if they don't. You should expect that. But here's where we mess up. That becomes our ultimate. I'm trusting this job more than anything else. And so if it goes or if it starts acting funny or if something happens, I'm bent out of shape where I'm now not even walking with God. God, I'm nothing to do with it. God, I'm mad at you. You didn't let this. You didn't work this. You didn't have this. And you can fill that in for any place, relationships, for your career, for your education, for your entertainment. You should expect a level of trust in areas of your life, but is it ultimate? And if it is anything other than God that is ultimate that you trust in, you're going to find yourselves living out some of these details that Jeremiah says of the life that's cursed. Why? Because ultimately, you are not trusting God. So what happens when you may lose the job? God says, are you trusting me? And I like to say, I don't know about y'all, I like to say, God, I do want to trust you, but not like that. I don't want to have to trust where my next meal. Can you just give me meals for the whole year? I don't want to have to wonder what's going to happen and have to plan and strategize my money like that. 
I would just like you to give me an abundance and I'll manage it. I'll be okay. Help. God, yeah, I don't want to have to walk in dependency through this health issue in my life. Why don't you just heal me and I'll praise you that I stay healed? See, we say to God, I'll trust you, but I don't want to trust you how you are calling me to trust you. It hurts too much. It's too much work. It's embarrassing. God, you got me out here like this, and I've got to, this is embarrassing, Lord. As if God is there to just keep making you look good. I know some people's theology is like that. God is just here to make me look good. No, God is there to keep him looking good in your life. And sometimes it may make it look like you don't look good, but God looks great. Sometimes when God is working things out in your life and it's a struggle and you don't like the way it's happening, to someone else, they're just going, wow, look at God work in their life. Man, they are hurting like crazy and look at how they're living for him. And you're like, I would love this, you to have someone else as that example. Can you trust God? question is, will you? Cursed is the man who puts their trust and understand ultimate trust in man. Why? What happens when they're cursed? Look at what happens. Or he says, and makes flesh his strength. In other words, you, your strength is other people. As long as I got my crew, I'm good. As long as I got my people, I'm good. I'm strong. You ever been around folk like that? When their people show up now, they got a lot of, they got a lot of mouth, strength, bravado, chest out. I got my people. I'm good. And when they by themselves, you can't find them. They quiet up in the corner somewhere. God says, when you ultimately, now, once again, when people show up, and friends and family come around, yes, you should feel a level of strength and, and, and community. God wired us like that. Yes, you should. But I'm talking about ultimates here. Ultimately. What if God has you by yourself on an issue? Whole family is against you. Everybody's going, man, you crazy. Why are you doing that God thing? Are you nuts? And you're like, Lord. You're not going to send some people to support me? And God says, you got me, bro. Keep moving. Keep moving right now. I got you. But I don't want to be alone. I don't want to stand. They looking at me funny. God said, that's all right. They looked at me funny. As a matter of fact, they killed me. Remember that? See, the issue is when ultimate is God. Man now starts to dwindle and take a lower position. But when, it says, but when man gets it, cursed is the man. Why? Because he puts that, he puts his strength, his flesh. But then look at what you're like, he says. Look at what you're like. He is like a shrub in the desert. Now, we don't live in the desert, but how many people have ever been, ever been to a desert? 
you've taken a Saharan trip or you've been out in the desert in, in, in Nevada, um, if you've ever seen any desert-like area, there's no growth, but have you ever seen shrubs? And they're small, dried up, about to die, gasping for water. Or don't be a tumbleweed kind of shrub because all you're doing is you're just being blown by the hot wind. And it's just rolling and rolling. And wherever the wind blows, there you go. Get the picture that Jeremiah is creating. He's like a shrub in the desert. You are in a place where there's no nourishment nor nutrients. But you trust in man. You think you got something going on. And actually, you're in the desert. You just don't realize it yet. What else did he say? He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness. Now, understand, for them, they understood this. The nation of Israel, they understood what the desert was like. They roamed in it for 40 plus years after the Exodus. You know, think about it. They they understood in that environment what desert was like because they were surrounded by it. And there were lots of it. And he says, you were like being in the parched places, no water, no nourishment out in the desert. In other words, things are drying up for you. And some of us are wondering why our lives are so dry, why our Christianity is so stale, why there seems to be no growth and no nourishment. God is saying, where are you? Are you in the desert because you keep looking for man to rescue you? Do you keep following the crowd? Do you keep following those that are dictating how you should live? Or are you following me? See, some of you are drying in the desert because you keep following that crowd, that dude, that woman that keeps leading you to places where God isn't. And he says, your life is dry and you know it. And it's getting drier and drier. Why? Because you choose not to rely on me, which means to take my way of how to live, even if it is not pleasant at the moment. But instead, I love this, then he goes into, now let's talk about what it looks like when you do. Blessed is a man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. I like this. There's two things. When you trust in the Lord, it is saying the plan that he has, the ways that he has revealed and has dictated. How do we learn that today? Because I know many of us, we're looking for some supernatural movie showing, viewing, big screen. Here's what you do. And God says, I'm showing y'all every day in my word who I am and what I want you to do and how I want you to live. So as you read his words, you are getting the picture. So he says that you, that you trust in the Lord, which means that his character you rely on. You can walk into his building, what he has set up, because you trust in his structure. You can sit and rely on his ways, because even if they don't look like it, you know that you can depend on it. Why? Because his word says so. See, if you are going to trust in God, let me help you out with something. Make sure you can back up what you're trusting in with scripture. Make sure. 
Because there's a lot of stuff out there that folks are saying that you should be able to depend on God about that God's not saying. God, I, I, was, I was trusting you in this way. God said, I didn't say that. Where'd you get that from? Well, so-and-so said, I read this meme on Insta, I mean, on Facebook or those folk were saying on Instagram, come on. What does the Bible say? Can you base how you believe on what God has said? If you don't know what he's saying, get in and find out what he's saying. Then trust in it. And so he says to you and me, he says, look, he says, who's trust, the man who trusts in the Lord. And that's in the character of the all caps, L-O-R-D, Yahweh, the one who is above all, and he is the covenant-keeping God. Yahweh, the covenant-keeping God. He keeps his promises and his covenant. You trust in that. But then he says, whose trust is the Lord. Well, what's different? You trust in the Lord, character, and your trust is the Lord. When you look at your life, you say, God, you are not just who I trust in. You're just my trust, period. I just lean on, depend, and count on. You are the definition of trust in my life. You are the standard of trust. And so you get the picture. And then he says, why? He says, he is like a tree planted by water. Now, you go from a desert shrub. It's probably not going to get any taller than about a foot or two tall, maybe. And then he says, he is like a tree. Notice the difference. When you are choosing not to trust God, you are like a shrub. How many of you have shrubs in your backyard or front yard? Now, now you have shrubs in well-watered places. That don't count. How about those shrubs that you don't take care of? How many of you guys are not green thumbs? You can kill a plant in a moment. You know, right. And, and, and so think about that shrub that you haven't watered in like two weeks, a month, versus that tree that is by a well-watered stream. And God has given you the picture of your life. Some of you are living shrub lives because you are in the desert, and there are some of you that are living like trees because God is watering you, he's nourishing you, he's growing you. You got leaves, which means fruit is showing. Some people are jealous of you. Lord, why are you blessing them like that? Because he trusts me. Why are you doing for them like that, Lord? Because they trust me. When it was popular and when it wasn't when it made them look good, and when it didn't. When it was easy, and when it was difficult. And God says, don't hate on them. Be like them. A well-watered tree. And look at this. It says, that sends out its roots. This storm, this hurricane that came through. I don't know if you've seen the pictures we all probably have of some of the trees that were uprooted. One of the things that I notice about them, that a storm comes by so heavy that it uproots some of these big trees. Little trees, I understand, but these big trees, you see these root systems when they're 
And what you see is they have sent out their roots to find more nutrients and water. That's what you're doing. You're constantly looking for more places to nourish you in the word. That's where you're looking, in the word. You're not going to the next latest conference and somebody to say something that makes you feel good and you come out, boy, that was good. What did it say? I don't know. But you are sending out roots into watered places in the word and you are growing as a result so that if they were ever to pull up the root system, it would go, wow, look at this. That's what it's like when you're trusting God. That's what it's like when you're depending on who the Lord is. But this is what I love. He says, they will not be anxious in the year of drought. Now, earlier, verse 6, it says, and does not fear when heat comes. See, it doesn't mean you don't like it. See, now, the desert, it's all heat. It stays hot. And heat, in this sense, is that which 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 can cause dryness or can even kill and end life. When you talk about heat, they're not talking about the heat that we get. And I know we've had some hot weather, but you have not had hot until you get into an Israeli desert. You have not had hot until you get into that area of the world's terrain. You walk through there without proper equipment, you will die in the desert. That's what they're talking about. And so the heat, they mean it is scorching. It is coming down on you, and you won't survive unless you've got nutrients and a system underneath. Look at this. So it's the roots, and it's the well-watered terrain that keeps them, although the heat is still coming. He says he's not afraid of heat. Hard times come. Finances start to get tight. Folks start acting crazy. Society is going nuts. He goes, you don't fear. Why? I'm connected well with the Lord. I've got a root system that's digging deeper and deeper. No, I don't like the heat. But I'm not dying as a result of it. I'm not shriveling up as a result of it. I'm still growing. You're not afraid. You're not anxious. What am I going to do? How long is this going to last? Lord, what's happening here? Don't you see? Don't you hear? The anxiety doesn't come. Why? Because ultimately you are trusting in the one who keeps you watered. Who keeps you well resourced. He will be like a tree. And this is why. For it does not cease to bear you are constantly growing. Let me give you a scripture that I want you just to encapsulate why we trust God. Isaiah 26, 3 says, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. You're looking for peace? Or let me just ask this. You don't have peace? Where are you not trusting God? Restless? Unsettled? Where does God not have 
your trust. See, we get warning signs in our car when things are wrong. And those warning signs were meant for us to check out what's happening, right? You get a warning light and you ignore it long enough, whatever it was warning you of happens. And then you're stuck. I don't know what happened. I'm stuck on the side of the road all of a sudden. No, you aren't. That warning light's been on for three weeks. And you've been ignoring it. What's the warning light in your life? Well, one of them is when I start getting restless, nervous, anxious, unsettled, no peace, warning light. God, where am I not trusting you? Or what's happening that I need to look into in greater measure? It says he keeps him in, I love this, perfect or complete peace. It's a perfected peace. It's a calm and a freedom from anxiety and stress because you do something. He said he does something. He keeps you in peace when you do something, when you trust in him. Turn with me to Isaiah 12, 2. Back just a little bit. We're almost done here. Isaiah 12, 2. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Here's what he says. He will trust and not be afraid. Question is, when fear, that on peace, when you are not peaceful, where now when fear comes in, Warning light, ask yourself the question, Lord, is this a result of me not trusting you somewhere? Now, now, sometimes fear is to help you to get out of danger. We know that. Someone's out there shooting with a gun and you're not afraid? Something's wrong with you. The Lord will protect, boy, sit down. Somebody out here shooting, boom, boom, boom. The Lord will protect me. No, be afraid. But in your life, in your life, when fear because of the situation, the circumstances start to come up, you need to start asking some questions. Lord, am I not trusting you somewhere? Is that why I'm afraid? Where am I missing it with you? And then last one, Psalm 9, 10. And those who know your name, put their trust in you. For you, O oh Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. I'm going to end with this one. Can you trust God? Here's why, too. Said, and those who know your name. That doesn't mean, oh, God, yeah, I know your name, God. No, that's not what it's talking about. When it says no, that no is an embracing knowledge that affects how you live. When you know a subject matter, you act out of that knowledge. Those of you in your various careers and you are doing your job, you are doing it out of knowledge. You've learned a body of work to the point where you can function in that body. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. You've learned something, and just because it's up here doesn't mean it translates into living. When it translates into living, now you know it. It's that classic line that when my mother would tell me to do something and I said, I know it. She says, you do. You don't act like it. 
What she's telling me is that you're not living out of that knowledge. And it says, when you know his name, meaning you understand his character and you embrace it, and it changes the way you live and make decisions. When you, those who know your name, put their trust, the, the, the natural response is you put your trust in who you know. Natural response. And what happens? It says, for you, O Lord, and here's the guarantee, and that, all caps, covenant-keeping God, Yahweh, for you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. It may look like he has because of your perspective and how you're viewing things, but God says, if you know my name and you've put your trust as a result of that in me, I'm not forsaking you. But God, this hurtful thing happened. I'm not forsaking you. God, I lost everything. I've not forsaken you. I'm still here. God, I'm sick. God, I'm on the verge of death. God has not forsaken you. He doesn't mean that he's not allowing things that may hurt to happen. What he's telling you is I'm still here. All the time, all the way. And that gives you peace. It keeps you from being afraid. And it settles you. And that changes the way you live. So let me ask the question again as we close this. Can you trust God? Can you trust God? Or the way that I should ask it is, will you trust God? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that you are trustworthy. Your character is perfect, flawless. You've proven it over and over again. Father, in your word, you stated the truth of who you are and what you do. We can trust you. Question is, will we? And Father, today I pray that you would help us to know your name by learning of you embracing it, believing it, and beginning to live it out because as we know your name, our natural response will be to trust you. And I pray that we do that today. Father, for those of us that are fretting and that the warning signs are there that we may not be trusting you, I pray that we would solidify and sure up those areas based on your word and trust you and move forward. God, we give ourselves to you fully. In Christ's name, amen. This morning, as we um, close out our time together, you may have heard this and you say, you know, I, 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 I heard about trusting God, but I really didn't know what it meant to trust him. But you've not trusted him initially to be a part of his family. In other words, you are still in sin. Every last one of us, when we were born, we were born in sin. We were born sinners. No matter how good you were and how good your upbringing were, we were born sinners. And that God, knowing that, set up a plan that he would send his son Christ to cover, pay for our sins. And if we embrace that, recognize that he is the only remedy for our sin, we cannot save ourselves by our good works that we trust in the 
finished work of Christ, meaning he came, lived, died, and was resurrected. And we say, I trust that. You can become a family and will become a member of the family of God. If you have not done that, you can do that this morning. You can trust God, as it's said by, you know, both in the forgiveness of your sins and then in the living of your life for him. If you've not done that, I would love to talk to you today before you leave. I'm not going to have you come up right now. If you've not done that and you want someone to pray with you, please just see me or see Elder Wright or see someone that maybe invited you or brought you that you know is a believer. Just come to us and talk. I would love to lead you in that. But this morning, if God has been talking to you, he's been pointing that finger in your life. I'm just telling you, he is on mine, even as I'm up here speaking, as I was looking and studying this. See, he was pointing the finger in my life of where I'm not trusting him. If he's doing that, respond. Don't ignore. Spend some time with God today and talk to him about what he's been saying to you. And begin to trust him and watch him work in your life. Oh, I'm not promising you he's going to make it the way you want. I'm not promising that because I don't know what he's going to do. But what he said in Psalm, I won't forsake you. I will always be there. You will be able to rest in the fact that I am always there and I am governing what happens in your life. I'm protecting you like I did Job. Couldn't take his life. I am leading in your life, and my hand is in your life like Joseph who went through, man, he went through it, and God brought him out on the other side. I'm in the background watching over your life like he did Esther, and I'm giving you victory like he does for every believer that trusts him. Only if we will. And so this morning, if that's you, respond. Let God do that. And if you've been trusting God and you said, man, this is just, this is great affirmation, keep trusting him. Because some of those hurdles that may be coming are going to be so high, you're going to be like, God, I don't know if I can do this with you. And God says, you really think you can't climb that hurdle with me? You need to know my name a little better. God can do it in you. God can do it with you. I'm going to have my brother come back. As we close out this morning, God bless you guys. Have a great weekend. Be safe. Celebrate safely. And celebrate well. Amen. We'll see you as the Lord allows. Amen. Man. Excellent word. Excellent word. Excellent word. All right. I, I do want to uh, go back and, and um, well, at this time, if, if, if you are uh, in need of an uh, offering envelope, um, if you would raise your hand and our ushers will bring you one and then you can uh, actually deposit that in the slot that's in the wall on the way out through to the main lobby. I, I do want to go back. I was remiss and uh, really was unsure of a certain date, but the sisters are also having their event this upcoming weekend as well. I didn't want to throw shade on that. And so definitely, uh, sisters, avail yourself of that. If you've got some questions about that, see Sister Nikki. It's going to be at the Bustles house, and they're going to get it in with some fellowship and some food and some fun. Again, iron sharpening iron. That's not just for brothers. That's for sisters. That is for everybody in the body of Christ. Amen? 
church family, let these words, don't let these words fall off of you when we pass through these doors. Pastor, that was such a, that was a good message for me. It's a good message for everybody. Not, not is God trustworthy, but will we trust him? Man, do not let these words just wash right off of you. Hold on to that because I'm telling you what the enemy wants us to do is to forsake God. God says, I'll never forsake you, but the enemy wants us to forsake him and run after so many other things, substances, people, other things, other places, trying to get that peace that only God can give. I don't want to, I'm, I'm not going to preach another message after a good message has been preached. That is the wrong thing to do. I'll never get back up here again. Pastor be like, you need to sit down. <laughs> oh, no, this is excellent. It's just, it is, it's plaguing the church. We do not trust God. We do not trust God. All right, look here, guys. I have enjoyed worship with you this morning. I've enjoyed the word, I've enjoyed the praise, I've enjoyed the fellowship. Uh, God is good and greatly to be praised. Amen. Uh, look, we are going to uh, be dismissed. If you would, just close your eyes uh, for a word of benediction as we depart from here. Definitely, Father, we thank you so much for this word that has been spoken to us. God, we know that your spirit your word is true, that it is able to change our lives, to change our situations. We know, God, cerebral in our heads, that you are trustworthy. Help us in the areas of our lives where we won't trust you because we're afraid of what you might take away from us, what you might call us to do, what it might cost us to trust you. God, if the right answer is that you are trustworthy, then the even more correct answer is that I should put my trust in you. God, be with us through this week. Let this message continue to turn around in our heads and in our hearts and in our minds. Show us what areas of our lives we are not trusting you in. And then help us, glory to God, to trust you more in those spaces, in those places. God, even as we move through this week, let us be a reflection of your face not just your grace. Let us walk as kingdom citizens, a light in darkness, salt in the world. Let us be that city on a hill. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed.
You've been listening to the Solid Word Bible Church podcast, and we trust that you've been blessed. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at solidword.org. Thank you for joining us today, and we'll see you next week.